At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the great peterson experience on vsin the sports betting network It is our number three of the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network, and we've got a great hour for you. Here in the first segment, we are going to be giving you guys everything that you need to know about. No, we're not going to be doing Pro Bowl. Don't worry about that. If you are looking at the Pro Bowl, by the way, you're finding the AFC laying a point, and your Trollons game is between 62 and a half and 63. If you know who's playing in the Pro Bowl, you know more about the Pro Bowl than me. And if you're watching the Pro Bowl, well... You're much like many different Americans because we always find it's like everyone hates the Pro Bowl and yet it's like the most viewed thing on the day. It's just absolutely hilarious. I just, I can't get behind the Pro Bowl. We've got actually the NHL All-Star festivities that wound up happening out here in lovely Las Vegas. That was actually pretty cool. But that said, not going to be giving you guys as much on the Pro Bowl, but we are going to be giving you guys quite a bit on Rams versus the Bengals here in the first segment. If you want to missing my DK Nation pick, for this college basketball Sunday that I wanted giving out last hour, I will be refreshing that at the end of the show. So if you're out there on the West Coast or around 12.45 p.m. Pacific time, 3.45 p.m. Eastern time, going to be taking a look at a couple other college basketball games as well. Along the way, anything that I have yet to hit here in the first two hours of the show, we're going to be hitting that right here on on this side of things. So we got you guys all covered, but how about if we do a little bit of a dive here on the Super Bowl? And I will say this right now. It's a case in which I've yet to fire in on any of the true props themselves. I'm going to be taking a look throughout the week because you'll notice that out there on the East coast, they were much earlier to list a lot of the props for this game, rather than a lot of the books out here in Las Vegas as well. So we're going to be seeing more and more shops popping up with various numbers when it comes to yardage props, when it comes to just offerings in general, you're going to be seeing more of these things where you wind up having like these crossboard props because you see it every single year. I know that there are a lot of different places that they wind up offering things like, oh, what winds up happening? You wind up having like LeBron James score more points than the LA Rams, but LeBron James, you might need to have him laying a couple points with regards to that one to be able to give the Rams a little bit more of a fighting shot, but you wind up having a lot of those various props. But what we're seeing right now with regards to the line at DraftKings is the Rams are laying four points and you're fighting the total anywhere between 48 and a half and 49. We've seen a couple 49s pop up. It was an opener of more around three and a half and 50. So we've seen a little bit of movement with regards to this number. And it's really a tough call in my opinion right now, because I've yet to bet this personally. I will just throw that out there right now. I'll probably be betting this as we wind up going throughout the week, but 
right now, the way that I am leading is I am leaning towards just taking the four with the Bengals because there are just certain parts of both of these teams I can't necessarily trust. When it comes to Matthew Safford, you're able to throw out there all the good things that he's able to do. The way that he was able to lead his team back in that game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. No doubt what he was able to do late in that game against the San Francisco 49ers. The way that he's been able to hook up with Cooper Cup all season long. But I'm able to also throw out there the interception that he wound up having in that last game against the San Francisco 49ers. The fact that he did wind up having in the final four weeks of the regular season, eight interceptions. And it's been really a curious case there when it comes to Matthew Stafford as well. He has had a good offensive line in front of him. He only got sacked a grand total of five times in the three playoff games. This is a line that is certainly doing their job. So it's really a case in which both of these guys, both things have been very good for the team. And we've also noticed that the Odell Beckham trade slash signing that has really been working out for the team as well. In the three postseason games, Odell Beckham Jr. has been able to find himself 19 catches, 236 yards. He wound up having a touchdown for the team as well. And you really have noticed as well when it comes to the tight end situation that that is something that you want to be taking a look at. Tyler Boyd right now at a lot of places that are listing these props. He is currently off the board. T. Higgins is right now dealing with a little bit of ailment as well from what I've been seeing. He should be good to go in this one. But you take a look at the tight ends for really both of these teams. They are a little bit questionable. Tyler Higgins dealing with that injury for the Rams. You've got Tyler Boyd dealing with a little bit of an ailment when it comes to the Bengals as well. So I want to be seeing that strained out a little bit more. But I don't think either guy necessarily being out would cause for much of a move, especially when it comes to the Rams as well, because you did wind up noticing that Kendall Blanton was able to emerge a little bit for the team in that game against the San Francisco 49ers. He had five catches, 57 yards, relatively unheralded guy that winds coming in out of Missouri. So he's certainly not necessarily the world's greatest replacement in this spot, but and you still have all those weapons for the Rams as well. You still have a guy that's able to catch a ball out the backfield a little bit more in Cam Akers. You still have Van Jefferson. So you've got yourself just plenty of guys for the Rams that should be able to help out Matthew Stafford with the tight end situations for both the Bengals and the Rams. It shouldn't really cause too much of a move with regards to this. Obviously, when it comes to player props, you don't want to be betting a player prop and a guy that is going to be out of the fold. So, and it's certainly something that you do want to be avoiding. But when it comes to Rams, I do have my question marks when it comes to the ground game of this team because they haven't necessarily been running the ball with Sony Michelle here in the postseason. He has only been getting right around eight carries a game. And I actually like what Sony Michelle was able to do during the season. And Cam Akers, you wound up seeing him have those two fumbles in the game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Give him credit for the way that he was able to come back because his season was done. And then during the postseason, he was able to heal up fast enough that he was good to go. But and the guy's been averaging 2.8 yards per carry. And I almost wonder if getting back Cam Akers has really done anything to be able to help out the Rams because I feel like Sony Michelle was able to do the job by himself. So I don't know if that necessarily gives you a whole heck of a lot. I see that there have been a lot of people that have been bullish on a lot of Cam Akers props. And I really think that is the case in which 2022 is when the actual season of 2022, not this game, but the actual next season itself is where he's going to be able to get back to his normal self because he just hasn't necessarily looked like it here in the postseason. I think he might be a little bit better in this game, but at the same time, 
This isn't the fullest of his abilities. When you wind up coming in after missing a 17-game regular season, you just aren't going to be. And then when it comes to Cincinnati Bengals, I do give them the edge when it comes to the ground game because Joe Mixon has been able to do a solid job for this team, a guy that is able to be a pretty versatile threat. He was able to catch 13 balls in the backfield during the three postseason games for this team. Joe Burrow has been able to do a terrific job all throughout the postseason as well. The connection from he and Jamar Chase has been absolutely remarkable and you got to give the Bengals all the credit in the world for the way that they wound up coming back in that game against the Kansas City Chiefs to come back from down 21-3 to in that sort of a spot. Probably should have been a little bit more. I'm looking at you, Kansas City Chiefs, on that. But certainly it was a very, very good effort. It's a Bengals team, though, that you're able to make the case that they haven't really been, and I air quotes here, dominant in any of these three wins. They wind up knocking off the Raiders by kind of 26 to 19, 19 to 16 against the Titans. And then the game winds up going to overtime against the Chiefs, 27 to 24. What that all has in common is you wind up having three unders for this Bengals team in their run. So they have actually been able to play a little bit of lower scoring games. And I do feel like this Bengals defense has been sold short a little bit as well. Just taking a look at the Bengals, they don't necessarily have the world's greatest advanced numbers, but every single time push has come to shove, they've been able to get the job done. And Trey Hendrickson has had two and a half sacks here in the postseason. He had 14 during the regular season. He's a guy that deserves a little bit more love than he's been able to get. He's been able to do a terrific job for the team. Logan Wilson, one of the more underrated just pure tacklers out here in the in these postseason as well as he's had at least eight tackles in every one of these three games a guy that wanted being picked up in the middle rounds from Wyoming a year or two ago has really been able to form himself into a solid player and when it comes to Bengals as well six interceptions during the postseason as well I mean it's a team in which you've got a relatively strong secondary with guys like an Eli Apple who are able to do a good job Von Bell has been able to do a nice job at the in the secondary as well. So I take a look at the Bengals and I think that they're equipped to being able to get at least one interception for Matthew Safford. The one thing that I'm going to be taking a look at when it comes to props, I've yet to fire in on it, but I'm going to be looking for the best juice humanly possible. Matthew Safford to throw a pick. I'm going to be going with a yes on Matthew Safford throwing a pick in this in the Super Bowl. So that is one that I'm going to be penciling in myself. When it comes to this Bengals team, I do think that they're going to be able to get to him a little bit more as well. Someone like a Sam Hubbard has been impressive to me. Wound up having seven and a half sacks during the regular season. He says that he's going to be doing this one for Harambe and hopefully Harambe is appreciating the fact that he's had three sacks out here in the postseason as well. He's been able to do an absolutely terrific job of being able to man this front seven. And then with the Rams as well, they've got a very strong front seven. You know all the names by now, obviously Aaron Donald. I would say that he's the most dominant player at his respective position among all positions in the NFL. He is just clearly the number one there. He has been able to do an amazing job both here in the postseason as well as doing it in the regular season. Guy just absolutely knows what he's doing. And then this is a secondary that they themselves have gotten four interceptions here in the postseason. Guys like Jalen Ramsey, you know that they're going to be able to do a solid job of being able to buckle down on a lot of these receivers. But I feel best about with regards to the Super Bowl right now is taking this total under because I think it's going to be a real chore for either of these teams to get to 21 points. When it comes to the home field advantage, the Bengals are officially listed as the home team, which I think is like the biggest joke ever. It's going to be in the home stadium of the LA Rams. The LA Rams are going to be wearing their normal home uniforms. And on top of that as well, they're going to be getting their home sidelines. So... I guess that you should be listing them as a home team because, I mean, that's all the makings of it. And I think that is very curious as to how you wind up awarding that. I would say that you wind up going 50-50. We do this a lot in college basketball where you have a team like 
for instance, Gonzaga, they're playing a game in the state of Washington, but it's not in Spokane. It's more in like Seattle, where it's like a couple hundred miles away from Spokane, but I mean, it's still a relatively good game for them. So I do think that you wind up putting that into account, but even still here with a four on the Cincinnati Bengals, I do think that it is a relatively solid take. I do think that they're going to be able to hold in this game. And I think that is very similar to what we wound up seeing in that San Francisco 49ers versus LA Rams game as well, where game winds are coming down to a field goal and the Rams, they should be able to take care of business. I think that they wind up winning this game outright. So if you're looking at the money line, I would side more on the Rams money line rather than the Bengals money line. I don't want to be laying right around a minus 180 to a minus 190 on the money line, though. I would rather take the four, just lay the standard 110 there because I do think that the Bengals still have a relatively decent shot of being able to win this game outright as well because of what I want to mentioning with the defensive aspect. And I do think that the Bengals are going to be able to do a relatively solid job with regards to being able to attack this Rams team as well. We're going to get into a little bit more of that on the other side and also going to be diving into some college basketball for this Sunday as well. That is coming up next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you have questions about betting the Super Bowl, wondering about how to hedge, or maybe you're just looking for an unusual prop or insights from one of our hosts, the VSIN Big Game Help Desk is here for you. Submit your question at VSIN.com slash Super Bowl, and it can be answered by one of our on-air experts right here on VSIN.com, as it is the Greg Peterson experience right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We are a week away from the big game, so that means that we are going to be throwing at you 57 props on the Pro Bowl. No, I'm kidding. Of course, we. I, I personally am not a Pro Bowl guy myself, so I don't know if you are. If you are, to each your own, but I cannot necessarily get into that game. So we are currently taking a look at next week's big game, the Super Bowl, as it is a Greg Peterson experience. And I wanted to playing it out in the last segment, the fact that I'm looking right now at the Cincinnati Bengals and I'm looking at an under end. When it comes to taking a look at the big game, the one prop that I'm right now liking, I've yet to fire in on this, but I'm taking a look at Matthew Safford to be able to throw a pick. Right now at DraftKings, you're finding the over on a half a pick being at minus 150. Obviously, I'm going to be trying to lay 
a little bit less juice than that. I do think that when it comes to the Super Bowl as well, you're going to have no shortage of options. There are quite a few books that if they haven't wound up laying out all of their player props to this point, they are going to be doing so within the next few days or so and I do think that it is very heavy when it comes to taking a look at the Super Bowl as well to not wind up getting too heavy on something like I really do feel strongly about the under in this game but at the same time if you just wind up taking a whole bunch of player props under and you wind up having a little bit of a misread on the game it can lead to things being absolutely cataclysmically bad I think that's something very important about the Super Bowl as well you obviously want to be trying to hit as many bets as humanly possible but sometimes the biggest thing that you can do is make sure that you don't wind up going for a complete and utter calamity. And if you wind up having a little bit of a misread on the total, you wind up firing in a bunch of player props, you are then compounding your losses. And that is something that I am always a big believer of because so many people, when they ask me about college basketball games and things like this, if a team that I like winds up getting down early, they always ask me for an in-game bet. And I always take the same mentality. I do not wind up firing on in in game on teams that they wind up getting down a little bit earlier because you don't want to turn one loss into two losses two losses into three losses that is something that is one of the biggest things to avoid because i mean in sports betting you're gonna have your wins you're gonna have your losses the biggest thing when it comes to your losses is to not just winding up making them worth even more than one loss i think that that is just so important it's one of those things like when it comes to a golf event, for instance, you always hear the people say uh, you can't win a golf tournament in the first round, but you could certainly lose it. You don't when it comes to your bankroll, unless if you're doing something that is just absolutely not recommended and betting way more than you should or something like that, you don't have a chance to be just making your entire bankroll just pretty much like doubled or anything like that if you are doing that i just do not recommend it whatsoever that is just a recipe for disaster we're going to put it to you that way but you don't want to be putting your bankroll in ruin because you just keep on just going down this narrative you wind up being wrong with the narrative but because you wind up firing in so many times on so many props that wind up correlating with a side or total that those wrong that that wrong read winds up being worth more than just one loss i think that that's going to be very important in this spot as well like I said, when it comes to player props, I like the Matthew Stafford to throw an interception prop. I'm looking at an under, and I'm right now looking at the Cincinnati Bengals catching four points, not necessarily in love with the money line because I do think that there's a good possibility that this does wind up being a three-point game. And if you, like myself, haven't dove into a lot of props, have no fear. You're going to have so many different people talking about so many of these props all throughout the network, all throughout the week. You're going to be finding it on other networks. I mean, your aunt's your aunt Karen might be winding up going through a whole bunch of props this week. I mean, everyone's going to be talking about the Super Bowl. Don't feel like because you haven't fired in on any of these yet that you don't have a shot at it. And you have just so many different things to be able to fire on. Like you're seeing it right now on the, on the screen at Beeson.com, a defensive lineman or an offensive lineman to score a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Things like 22 to one. You obviously don't want to be like, risking it all when it comes to a non-quarterback to throw a touchdown on 14 to one these are more fun bets you want to be trying to take a look at what might wind up being conceivable but at the same time you've got a lot of long shot bets that you're able to take a look at and then there are certain things like will a team score three times will there be a safety things that you typically don't take a look at with regards to regular season as well that is going to be coming into play as well and i don't want i don't think that it's necessarily great to be getting too tied up 
into things that are necessarily overly exotic unless if you wind up having a very good read on it as well. So that's the way that I take a look at the Super Bowl right now. Right now, taking a look at the points with the Bengals. Right now, taking a look at an under and Matthew Stafford to throw in an interception. I'm sure that I'll be having more as the week winds up going along as I myself am going to be diving into a little bit more of it because... Well, I wound up having 150 college basketball games to take a look at on Saturday as well. And that's another thing. I've said it on the show already. I'll say it again. Just because there might not be a ton of bets that you like in the Super Bowl doesn't mean that you need to force any up because you still have plenty of action. The NBA is still being played. The NHL is being played. Heck, you have a bonus because right now the Olympics are going on. I'm not one that personally likes curling, but there are some of you out there that maybe you guys wind up watching a lot of curling and you've got a good angle on it. And this is like one of the few times in which you're actually able to fire in on it. And that's absolutely terrific because I mean, if there's a sport that is a little bit more specialized in the Olympics that maybe you have a good handicap on because the same people that wind up putting up the lines for the Super Bowl, they're also the ones that are putting up the lines for like women's flat track roller derby. They're putting up the lines for things like hockey in the Olympics, things like that, that are just very, very off the beaten path. Well, you're able to find a little bit more of an edge there. So I do think that that is something that is something that always needs to be taken into account as well. You don't need to wind up firing everything on one game. And when it comes to college basketball, there's a whole lot of games that you're able to fire in on. We've already hit on quite a few on this show. But how about if we wind up going out to the Horizon League and we take a look at a team that has gotten back one of their stars, 853-854 on the betting board. You've got yourself UW-Milwaukee, and they're going to be hitting the road to face off against Cleveland State. The Vikings are finding themselves as a relatively sizable favorite as you're going to be finding Cleveland State as a, as I was seeing a little bit earlier, eight and a half point favorite. Have we seen any movement with regards to this line? Not really. We've seen it more around a nine-ish, so it has dipped down a little bit more. And when it comes to your total on this game, you're going to be finding it anywhere between about a 140 to as high as a 141. And when it comes to the spot, I am willing to take the points with regards to UW-Milwaukee. I set this line at an 8.5 personally, and I'm seeing quite a few 10s out there as well, like where I'm doing the show from Circa. They're right now hanging a 10 out there. I'm seeing a few others across Las Vegas, and this is actually one that just moved to 9 at DraftKings. So I do think that there's some relatively solid value, especially if you're able to dive in at double digits because Pat Baldwin Jr. is out back in the pool for UW-Milwaukee. Yes, the Pat Baldwin Jr. who was revered by many as being a lottery pick has not been seen for quite a while. He came back in that game against Indiana Purdue Fort Wayne, a.k.a. IPFW, and it's a case in which you want to give the team a nice spark. UW-Milwaukee won cratering late in that game, by the way. That was not necessarily good if you want to take the points with UW-Milwaukee, but him being back should lead to UW-Milwaukee playing a little bit more up-tempo as well because this is a UW-Milwaukee team that when they were at their peak last season, they were able to pull off a couple nice upsets out there in the Horizon Lake. They were playing at one of the fastest paces in all of college basketball with UW-Milwaukee. This is a team that they have been badly slowed down this season. It's a UW-Milwaukee bunch that has went from being a top 100 team with regards to possessions per game to down to like 233rd. And it's been the exact opposite for Cleveland State. Cleveland State is a team that they really hung their head on defense last season. This year, they're more of like 125th in the country with regards to possessions per game. But... With Cleveland State, we've actually seen them throttle down a little bit more recently. With the UW-Milwaukee, we're seeing sort of the opposite. So I think it's a good old case of something's got to give. But I think that UW-Milwaukee is going to be able to hang in there to the point in which they are going to be able to force a little bit of late game felling. I did wind up saying this line at 8.5. And, and the big fear that you have to have with Cleveland State is if this game does wind up getting into a late game felling situation that 
It's a bunch that they shoot about 66% the free flying. Cleveland State does many things well. They are able to generate right around eight and a half turnovers per game. You've got some good versatile pieces for this team. Someone like Tory Patton is able to give you 13 and a half points, six and a half boards, three assists per game. Trago Million, he's able to give you just under three assists. He's able to give you 10 points per contest. You got a relatively solid three-point shooter out there in Des Moines Hodge, who's been able to give you 2.2 steals per game as well. But for UW-Milwaukee, I do think that they're going to be able to hang in there because you do have DeAndre Golson. He's been able to do a nice job for the team, giving you 15 points per game. He was really the guy that had to hold down the fort when you were without Pat Baldwin Jr. And also for the team, Jordan Lathan. Now doesn't have to do quite as much. He's someone that has been able to give out three and a half assists per game, but the turnover numbers got a little bit higher when you wound up having Pop Ball One Jr. out the full because he had to try to create a little bit more. Donovan Newby is now able to play off the ball a little bit more as well. He's a guy that is shooting in the high 30s from three-point range. I do think that this is a UW-Milwaukee team that could do an okay job on the glass. I don't know if they're necessarily going to be able to match up the world's greatest with Cleveland State in this game, but... You do have a guy in Joey St. Pierre giving you five and a half points, five and a half fours, right around a block per game as well. So I do think that UW-Milwaukee is going to get a little bit of a reinvigoration with having Pat Paul one back out there in the fold. I'm willing to take the points with UW-Milwaukee. So my total at 142 and a half. So taking a look at the over as well. And we've got a lot of games on the college basketball betting board for this Sunday coming up next. Get in on a few other ones that are going to be marquee, including a big one out there in the Mountain West. That is up next right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. You know that VSIN is the best place to be able to get all the betting insights for the big game. Now you are able to sign up right now for our free big game betting guide. This digital guide gives you trends, strategies, props to watch, and tips from our experts. Visit vcin.com slash Super Bowl. No space in there, Super Bowl altogether, and you're able to get your free guide and get ready for the biggest football betting action of the year as it is the Greg Peterson experience right here on vcin, the Sports Betting Network. And unfortunately, we don't have as big of a game today as we've got the Pro Bowl going on. And well, that's one of those things where I always use the... Good old slogan from whose line is it anywhere? Every uh, whose line is it anyway? I should say in that everything is made up and the points don't matter when it comes to that game. So it is one in which I'm ne- certainly not going to be necessarily clocking in for. But when it comes to college basketball, we've got some very ma- very meaningful games, and we've got a couple big ones, including out there in the Mountain West. We've got a chance that we might be able to see four teams from the Mountain West be able to make the NCAA tournament and. What winds up happening in this game is going to have a long way in being able to establish that. How about if we go 865, 866 on the betting board? Fresno State going to be playing us to Wyoming. Cowboys are finding themselves a three and a half point underdog in your troll on game. Going to be finding it anywhere between 128 and a half and 129. Interesting spot here for Wyoming. They are coming off of two highly emotional wins at home against Boise State along with Colorado State. Games that were on a very tight line. And this is another very tight line as well. What they're saying with this line of between three and three and a half, this is a relative pick them on a neutral court. And I side with Wyoming once again in this one. I recognize that this team has been through a lot. I recognize that it's going to be a little bit of a tough turnaround getting into Fresno on a Sunday, but I'm going to take Wyoming on the money line. I love what I've been seeing out of this team. They rank in the top 35 when it comes to 
points scored on a per possession basis. This is a Wyoming team that they're relatively controlled as well. This is not a team that they're necessarily going to be tiring out late because they do rank 245th in the country when it comes to possessions per game. And this is a Fresno State bunch that they themselves, they are going to be really looking to slow this game down. Out of 358 D1 teams, they rank 354th when it comes to possessions per game. So they play at one of the slowest temples in all of college basketball. And the big key for Wyoming is shutting down the seven-footer in Orlando Robinson. I always love when people are like, oh, it's so simple. All you need to do is shut down this really, really good guy that nobody else has been able to shut down. But if you wind up doing that, you got the job done. So I don't want to be that guy necessarily because Orlando Robinson, he's a seven-footer that shoots in the mid-30s from three-point range. 19 points, seven boards. He gives you right around a steal, block and a half per game. He has been absolutely magnificent. But I do think the Wyoming is going to be able to match up with Graham E.K. He's been able to do a good job for this team. 20 points, seven boards per game, 16 plus points in four out of the last five games. He's got some good post moves. He doesn't necessarily have the versatility that you're going to be finding with what you're able to get out of Orlando Robinson. But where I think Wyoming is going to be able to win this game is the backcourt. You've got a backcourt that is headlined by Hunter Maldonado, who has been absolutely superb for this team. The guy is a six foot seven point guard. So that's going to throw at Fresno State a little bit of a wrinkle that they weren't necessarily intending to be able to cover. And he has been able to do an absolutely amazing job of being able to give this team right around 15 points, six boards, five and a half assists. Very good plus defender as well. Fresno State just not going to have an answer for that. Now, you do have a guy in Anthony Holland, and I like what he's able to bring to the table for this Fresno State team. He, in my opinion, is our best guard. Being able to give you 10 points, six boards, a little bit of a six foot five joker player that's been able to shoot 42.5% from three-point range, but don't necessarily have great facilitation for this team. They were anticipating having Jamrell Baker coming in from Arizona. He wanted playing in five games, and looks like his season is pretty much done. So they're going to be relying upon a duo of Isaiah Hill and Jordan Campbell to be really able to help this team out. They combine for about 17 points per game. You'll be able to have Campbell be able to give you right around three boards and assists per game. You have Hill going out more like three assists per game as well, but he doesn't necessarily do the greatest job of being able to retain the ball. This is a Fresno State team that they're relatively sure ended at the free throw line. They shoot a little bit over 75% as a collective at the free throw line with Robinson shooting right around 77.5% at the charity stripe himself. This is a bunch that they do a good job of being able to clean up the offensive glass as well. But when it comes to this Wyoming team, it's not like they necessarily get a whole bunch of second chances to start with. Wyoming is a team that they just wind up knocking it down the first time around. It's a Wyoming team that shoots in the mid-30s from three-point range. And when it comes to Fresno State, they're about 130th in the country when it comes to opponents' three-point shooting percentage. So they're not necessarily as prolific there. This is a Wyoming team that they do a very good job of being able to get Drake Jeffries open for shots as well. Jeffries is shooting about 47% from three. He really hit the big shot in that game late against Colorado State that allowed the team be able to get to the window and when it comes to this Fresno State team I do think that they're going to do a relatively okay job of being able to get their tempo in this game but I think that Wyoming is so efficient that this game is going to wind up going over the total I want to say my total at 130 I would not be surprised if we wind up finding ourselves in like a three four five point game with a minute left to go and then you wind up having a situation which you wind up getting a bunch of late game following you wind up getting eight points late so I'm looking at the over in this spot, and with Wyoming, I think that they get the job done here. I'm willing to take them on the money line and completely bypass the three and a half points that we're seeing. We've got another big game out there between two teams that are outside of the, and I air quotes here, power five of the more college football term of it, but it's still a power conference, and it's a powerful matchup. How about if we go 863, 864? Houston hits the road face off against Cincinnati. In the words of Bill Bill. 
Belichick. We are on to Cincinnati, and Cincinnati is on to being a six-point underdog in your Trollons game. You're going to be finding it in between a 132 and a 132.5. I did wind up saying my total at 131. I'm going to be willing to dive under. Got a Houston team that has been incredibly stout on defense. They're a team that they also really like to slow things down. They rank 298th in the country with regards to points allowed or 298th with regards to possessions per game. When it comes to their offensive efficiency, this team has actually been terrific. Despite the fact that Traymond Mark along with Marcus Sasser are out for the rest of the season. So two starting guards. Houston is still seventh in the country with regards to points scored on a per possession basis. So they have been absolutely superb with that regard. And this is a Cincinnati team that they aren't necessarily efficient on offense. They rank outside the top 140 with regards to points scored on a per possession basis. And then you've got a Houston team that they just always do a great job of being able to clean up the glass year in and year out. This team is in the top 10 with regards to rebound rate. This year, they're a little bit further down. By that, I mean they're 14th in the country with regards to rebound rate. I mean, it's just one of these things in which you've got such a good system that is in place with Kelvin Sampson and company. I absolutely love the job that he's been able to do with this team. Someone like Juwan Roberts has become a little bit of a designated rebounder. Reggie Chaney has been a good plus defender for this team. These guys don't necessarily do a ton on the offensive end, but that's why you've got Kyler Edwards. The transfer from Texas Tech has been able to get this team 15 points. Shoots in the mid-30s from three-point range. Jamal Sheed doesn't necessarily shoot the world's greatest from three-point range, but a guy that's able to give out five-plus assists per game. Very good floor general for this team. And when it comes to Cincinnati, this team has been able to put up a little bit more offense ever since American Conference play has began. Outside the conference, they were shooting about 30% from three-point range. In conference, they're shooting a little bit closer to 32% from distance. So it's been ticking up a little bit more for this team. But you take a look at this bunch, and what I think is going to be a little bit tough for them is that just in general, in conference play, they've been losing the rebound battle by about two boards per game. I think that that is going to be even worse in this spot. And when it comes to this Cincinnati team, they're allowing opponents to shoot about 35% from three in conference play. Out of conference, they were able to do a much better job of being able to button up from beyond the arc, but they also shoot 66.5% at the free throw line. I think that that could wind up coming into play when it comes to whether or not they're going to be able to get the cover. And I speak of the woes of the Cincinnati rebounding. You don't have a single guy that gives you more than five rebounds per game. Now, Jeremiah Davenport has been terrific for this team. 13 and a half points, five boards. He's able to shoot about 36.5% from three-point range. He's had to do everything for this team. He's the only out of their top 10 scorers that is shooting above 33% from three-point range. He's the only guy in the roster that's giving you more than 4.6 rebounds per game. That is a big, giant issue. Now, you do have a couple guys like a Mike Sanders, Mike Adam Woods. These guys combine for six half assists per game. They're able to give you a combined 16 and a half points per game. Neither of these guys are necessary creators. And for Cincinnati, what is good for this team is that though they shoot as a collective about 66% of the free throw line, each other top three scores have actually shot above 76% of the free throw line. So the primary guards, primary guys are able to do a relatively solid job at the free throw line. But when it comes to Houston, this team just comes at you with waves. They do a good job of just making life miserable in general because the reason why Houston always does such a good job on glass is that you can't even get into the paint on this team. They make it impossible. They just shut it completely down. And when you wind up having nobody else in the paint, guess what? Guess who's there to get the rebound? All the guys in the paint. So Houston does an absolutely tremendous job with their interior defense. That is going to force a Cincinnati team that doesn't necessarily shoot it too well from three-point range. They have to take three-point shots. Now, the one thing with Houston is that they do sometimes get a little bit undisciplined because they do such a good job of being able to generate steals in after contest. They do wind up sometimes following a little bit too much. But once again, you know what a deficiency of Cincinnati is? Free throw shooting. So 
I, I think that this is a bad matchup here for Cincinnati. I'm willing to lay up to seven here with regards to Houston. And with Houston, this team has been very good on offense, but they've also been a complete bulldozer on defense. I will say what Cincinnati also does have going for them under Russ Miller is that they've been able to play some relatively solid defense as well. This is a Cincinnati defense that it's been waning a little bit ever since the start of America Conference play, but this is still a team that they rank in the top 20 with regards to points allowed on a per possession basis. And in terms of just their home games, this is a team that they're actually a top 15 defense with regards to points allowed on a per possession basis. So I'm going to be taking a look at the under in the spot, and I am going to be taking a look at laying it here with Houston. And in the final segment, I'm going to give you guys my DK Nation pick for college basketball on this Sunday and take a look at a few other games that we have yet to hit on in this show. That is coming up next right here on VSIN Esports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Are you getting ready to watch a big game? We want to make sure that VSIN is a part of these plans on Championship Weekend. We'll be coming at you with 56 hours of free video coverage on VSIN.com leading up to the sixth annual live big game betcast. It's the biggest game of the year, so make your plans now to join VSIN's betting experts before, during, and after the action right here on VSIN.com as it is the final segment of the Greg Peterson experience right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. And when I say sixth annual betcast, you know what the first betcast was? That epic 28-3 comeback that the Patriots wound up having against the Atlanta Falcons. So certainly some good memories there. And certainly we are hoping that we could get a Super Bowl that is half as exciting as that one. Because that one was absolutely rambunctious. And what else is rambunctious? Being able to take a look at college basketball as we've got ourselves some good matchups here on this Sunday. Certainly not as big as the slate that we wound up having on Saturday. Saturday we wound up having 151 games this Sunday, we've got 16. I wish they could distribute it a little bit more evenly, so that way I'm not having to put out a five-hour podcast on Saturday, breaking down all these games, while this one is significantly less than that because we wind up having 16 games. But with that said, we've got ourselves a lot of action, and I wind up giving out one pick every single day for DK Nation. I always call it more of a spotlight pick, and we're spotlighting today. The Pac-12 as we wind up going 857, 858. You've got Stanford, and they are going to be 
playing us to Washington. This is a total that has went up a little bit, so I'm glad I'm giving it out right now because this opened up at 134. It has already risen up as we are seeing it anywhere between 135 and a half and 136. And you're finding Sanford anywhere between a four and a half and a five point favorite. Most places have a four and a half where I'm at right now, circa. You're finding that straight five out there. And the total that I want, the play that I wanted giving out for DK Nation is the over. I want to say my total of 143. Take a look at this Washington team. And coming into the weekend, they were number 35 in the country with regards to possessions per game. Very much an up-tempo team. And they've got one of the more prolific scores in all of college basketball in Terrell Brown. A guy that's been able to give you 21.5 points per game. He is in the top eight in all of college basketball in terms of points per game. He has scored at least 11 points in every game this season and 14 plus in 18 out of the 20 games that Washington has played in this season. So he has been very consistent for this team. These two teams actually did wind up meeting up a little bit earlier this season. That was a game in which you did wind up seeing this Washington bunch get the job done by kind of 67 to 64. And it has been an unlikely ride for Washington thus far. This is a team that they're right now two games out of first place in the Pac-12. I don't think that anyone wanted up seeing that coming coming into the year because, I mean, it's a Washington team. That, I mean, even with the success that they've had out there in the Pac-12, it's been a rough year. They wound up losing at home to Utah Valley, and then they lost to Northern Illinois at home. I mean, boy, that is not great. But it's also a Washington team that, despite those home losses, they've been significantly worse on the road with regards to their defense. As on a points-per-possession basis, they're giving up 15.5 more points when they are away from Seattle rather than when they are at home. It's a team that has allowed at least 68 points in all but one of their games that they have played outside the city of Seattle. So it certainly has been a little bit of leaky defense. And for Sanford, what wound up dooming them the first time they wound up playing against Washington is the fact that they wound up losing the turnover battle by kind of 21 to 9. And they're much more sure-handed when they are at home. On the road, they turn the ball over in 25.5% of their possessions at home. That drops to about 19%. And this is a team that they've got a future first-round pick in Harrison Ingram. He's been able to do a relatively solid job for the team. He's been able to get the team right around 12 points, five and a half boards. He's been able to give you a couple of assists per game as well. But now we've noticed Spencer Jones and Jaden Delaire be able to pick things up a little bit as well. These guys have been able to combine for about 21 points per game. And the guy on the flip side that has been impressing me when it comes to what you're able to get out of this Washington team, and he's been leading to a little bit more of an offensive output for the team. That'd be Emmett Matthews. Matthews has been able to do a solid job since coming over from West Virginia. Took him a little bit of time to get acclimated, but he's a guy that has been able to give you right around 12 points per contest. Not necessarily the world's greatest three-point shooter, but still is shooting right around 32.5% from three-point range. So he's been able to get the job done in that respect. You've had a little bit more when it comes to someone like Jamal Bay as well when it comes to three-point shooting. But when it comes to Matthews, it really was a case in which Towards the middle part of the season, he was able to start to pick it up, like I mentioned, when it came to their multi-team event, when they were out there in, I believe it was Sioux Falls, South Dakota. It was a little bit rough, but you take a look at the last 12 games for Matthews, shooting 37% from three, 12.5 points, 5.5 boards per game. So he's really been able to find it recently for this Washington team, and he's been actually relatively consistent as well. In that 12-game span, he's had at least eight points in every one of them. So it's a Washington team that they play at a very fast tempo. They've got a couple constants on this offense, so 
That is something that you're able to hang your head on. It's a Sanford team that they themselves shoot in the mid-30s from three-point range. They've been able to do a much better job at home than they have been on the road with regards to being able to get their offense kicked up as well. So I do think that this is relatively solid for the total. And when it comes to Sanford, I do think that they are going to be able to get revenge in this game because I do think that they're going to be able to do a relatively solid job on the glass. When it comes to this Washington team, you've only got one guy giving you more than five and a half rebounds per game. Has been a little bit of an issue for the Sanford team as well. But I feel like you've got a little bit more depth when it comes to Stanford. You got someone like a James Keefe who's able to give you four and a half points, four and a half boards per game. They're a team that they are a little bit of a heat check team when it comes to their three-point shooting, but someone like Brandon Angel who's able to shoot 34.5% from three-point range. I think he's going to be able to help this team out and it just feels like this team in general is going to be able to do a little bit of a better job within their friendly confines and for Washington. It's always been toughest for the team whenever they've been hitting the road. So I wound up setting Sanford as a seven-point favorite. And what I wound up giving out for DK Nation is the over in this game as I wound up setting my total at a 143. If you're looking at the MAC, the MAC, because you've got both out there in play. They actually call the Metro Atlantic, the MAAC, the MAC as well. But when it comes to the Mid-American Conference, we've got an intriguing game out there as well and a rematch of something that we wound up seeing a couple days ago. How about if we go 859, 860 on the betting board? You've got Akron, and they're going to be playing the return trip to Miami of Ohio after they hosted them on Friday. Right now, you're finding Akron between a two and a half and a three point favorite. In your tallest game, you're going to be finding it at a 136 half. I do think that Miami of Ohio is going to get revenge for the loss that they wound up taking a couple days ago. I'm going to be taking a look at Miami of Ohio on the money line. It's a Miami of Ohio team that has only been able to cover two games in conference thus far this season. It's been a little bit rough for them, but I do take a look at the sheer pieces that this Miami of Ohio team is able to bring to the table, and I do think that they're going to be able to pick it up because this team is efficient. They don't necessarily play at a breakneck pace. They don't necessarily do the world's greatest job on defense, but what they don't do is beat themselves. This is a team that is in the top 20 with regards to turnovers on a per-possession basis. They commit just 10 per game. They shoot 77.9% at the free line. That's in the top 15 in all of college basketball. And I do like what you're able to have on a day-to-day grant along with Mikhail Larry. These two guys both shoot north of 87% at the free line. They combine to be able to give you 31 points per game. It's a Miami of Ohio team that shoots in the mid-30s from three-point range. Both of these guys shoot right around 32% from distance. And there's a good chance that Delonte Brown is going to be out of the fold once again for Miami of Ohio. He's been one of their primary rebounders. That's going to be a little bit of an issue for this team. And Akron, on the flip side, they do have a guy in Enrique Freeman who's been able to give the team right around 11.5 points, 10.5 rebounds per game. But really, aside for Freeman, you don't have a single guy on this Akron team that gives you more than five and a half rebounds per game. So that is going to be a little bit of an issue. You've also got Maja White, who has been able to do a solid job as a little bit of a sharpshooter here for Miami of Ohio. He's able to give you five points per game, shoots 38% from three-point range. So I think that he's going to play a big role in this game. And then you've also got someone in Precious Aya, who's been able to give you nine and a half points, six boards, a little bit over a block and a half per contest as well. I think that he's going to be able to step up with the absence of of Brown and when it comes to Akron as well when it comes to what you're able to get from this team out of the free throw line I mentioned the fact that Miami of Ohio they're very sure-handed there Akron is anything but that this is a team that has been shooting as a collective 66.1 percent of the line out of 358 d1 teams that clocks in at 320th it's also a bunch that has been doing a good job of not hurting themselves right around 11 after an overs game so they're relatively buttoned up with that aspect but it's also a team that they just Rely a little bit too much on Ali Ali along Xavier Casaneda. Both of these guys give you between 13 and 13 and a half points per game. Both of these guys shoot it relatively well at between 39 and 39 and a half percent from three. But when you take a look at this team outside of really their starting five, you're not able to get a lot of contributions off the bench. You're going to need to get someone like a Mikhail Dawson 
to be able to pick it up in this game. Guy that's only able to give you right around five points per contest. First time around, it was a case of which neither team was able to get to 70. And I think that you're going to see something very similar here as well. I want to say my total at a 133 and a half because you do have a Ekramunch. They play at one of the most slow and controlled tempos in all of college basketball. Out of the 358 D1 teams, you've got Akron. 333rd in the country. Miami is a team that they do crank up their tempo a little bit more, but it's not anything insane with them as well. They're about 128th in the country. And if you take a look at Omen Road splits, they're playing at about four and a half possessions fewer per game when they are at home than on the road. So they are a team that they look to be able to slow down the tempo a little bit more. So I do think that you're going to see another under in this spot. And when it comes to Akron, I think that revenge is going to be had on them. I think that Miami of Ohio, despite the fact that they're not going to have Delonte Brown most likely in the fold, you want to be checking out on his status just in case you're able to get a little bit of a bonus with Miami of Ohio. But even without him, I do think that they are going to be able to get the job done in this spot. So I'm going to be taking a look at the money line of Miami of Ohio to be able to take a look at the under as well. And we've got you covered all throughout the day right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. Unfortunately, we only have the Pro Bowl with regards to football today, but with that said, we've got you covered leading up to the big week, leading up to the big game all week long, right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.